0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader.
1: And I am Autotrader's road test editor, Dan Alika, an observant Dan Alika, who noticed that you used to always say, Hello, everybody, and the last two episodes now, you've said, Hello, everyone. And I'm like, what's with the change?
0: Just want to spice it up a All little right, bit. Fair,
1: fair. I just want you to know I'm I noticed.
0: I didn't even notice. So okay. thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> today's episode is gonna be a funny one. So in the YouTube comment section of the Auto Trader Canada YouTube channel and on our Facebook page, every time we post anything about EVs, people go berserk. I don't know what it is about EVs that makes it such a lightning rod for crazy comments.
1: Conspiracy um, theories, misinformation, lies, hatred.
0: People get really heated about this stuff. Um, It's also
1: not isolated to EVs. It's like, you know... Oh, you want to talk about EVs? Well, f Trudeau, and it's like, come <laughs> on, man. What is this is completely irrelevant. Yeah, and
0: so when 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 we're talking about EVs, for us, it's like really not a political issue. For us, it's like we're automotive journalists. EVs are part of the industry, and so it's our job to cover what's happening in the industry, right?
1: What did I say to you before? It'd be like if all of a sudden you know Siskel and Ebert were doing their thing, and people are like, these two idiots. All they do is talk about movies. It's like, yeah, because they're movie critics, man. And we're we're. All Automotive journalists in the auto industry is shifting towards electrification. We are along for the ride, and our jobs involve telling you guys what's happening, preparing you for the future. And
0: it's funny because one of the videos that a lot of these comments appeared on was a video that Dan did called Five Facts to Consider Before Buying an EV, in which you weren't even like overtly pro or against EV. You were just presenting facts from your life living with one. They
1: were basic too. It wasn't like, you know, here's here's the things that like, it's just about, hey, charging, like, You know, where are you going to charge? Where's the charge port on the car? That sort of stuff. And people took it as us drawing this line in the sand of being pro-EV. Yeah,
0: people accused us of being like part of a propaganda machine. And people were like, this guy should get stuffed. I'm like, he's just presenting information. So instead of getting angry about it, I thought we would take this opportunity to kind of like go through the most egregious comments and kind of debunk them because it's our job to help spread the truth and not the misinformation.
1: Also, it's pretty cathartic to laugh at the stupidity that's tossed around.
0: And I didn't even pick the really bad ones. No, we we kind of played
1: it safe. There's
0: some hilarious ones. And I mean, we can maybe go back and find them if you're really curious, but I chose the comments that are, were so egregiously like wrong or made up. And my worst fear is that somebody who, you know, is genuinely curious about learning about EVs sees one of these comments and it turns them off of EVs when in fact the comment is just untrue or like it's based on dreams. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And the (laughs) the other thing is, I mean, it's just kind of the way that we operate. We're not going to scrub those comments from facebook or youtube because you know everybody's entitled to to speak their minds however like jody said we don't want you guys seeing those and taking them as fact when more often than not they are so far from fact um, so I think we should jump into it.
0: Sure. Uh, the first one I saw, and this is something that we see a lot. And again, all of these are taken straight from our Facebook page of, or our YouTube channel. So they're real comments from real people. The first one says electric cars aren't better for the environment. And then a similar one is just the production of EV, EV batteries are worse on the environment than the entire lifespan of a gas engine.
1: Now that one is off to, to a good and fair start. It's true that it's more energy intensive to produce EV batteries, right? The mining process alone takes a lot of energy. It's also depleting you know, natural resources in the same way that, that you are when you're extracting gas. So you're, you're right, crazy person. You're off to a really good start. But then getting into this whole life cycle thing, that's where you get off the rails and you're just lying to yourself and everybody else. Now, the Argonne National Lab in the U.S. has done a study on this, and you can find it. And this isn't, you know, go down the dark web until you find what you're looking for. You can just Google this, and you will find the results of this study that say, yes, it's true. For a 300-mile EV, an electric vehicle capable of covering 300 miles, the battery production is more energy-intensive. So it's, you know, worse for the environment than producing a similar gas-powered vehicle. But where it completely shifts is over the lifespan and it's actually more than twice. So it's 400 grams per mile of greenhouse gas emissions for a gas powered vehicle over the over its lifespan mm-hmm. from cradle to grave. We're talking from the manufacturing process until it's ready to go to the scrapyard. 400 grams of greenhouse gas emissions per mile versus about 160 for an EV.
0: And that's a massive difference. Right. And then the other thing to consider is that when EV batteries can no longer power a car, a lot of them are recycled into other, um, you know, to store energy for homes. Well, they're also
1: used like the, the thing it's just like a scrap vehicle, right? If you, you know, put, let's say, or use wiring as a great example, cause it's cheap and easy. We all understand it. Right. You rip a bunch of copper wiring out of a house that you're renovating and that, that copper can be recycled. Right. It's the same thing with these EV batteries. Those rare earths that are in them, just because they're not functioning as they should or the vehicle's been damaged, they can be repurposed and reused in other EV batteries. And then the other thing, like you mentioned, is there are companies, including ones in Canada, that are using batteries for energy storage. So once they drop below kind of that usefulness, right, let's say 80%, there are companies. I don't. I have it I have a note here about it because there's a company in uh, Vancouver, I believe, that is is actually doing this. Yeah. And they're taking. Uh, where is it? Moment Energy. It's called. So they're taking these EV batteries and repurposing them so that you can take energy from the grid during off-peak hours. And this will bring us to another question in a second here, but it'll take energy store it in the battery for later use, and then when you reach peak hours, you can power your home or your factory or whatever using the energy that's stored in these EV batteries that are kind of strung together.
0: Yeah, and so the EV industry uh, is is a very circular... Closed loop. Closed loop. loop, yeah, and so... It's very rare that when an EV is no longer able to be driven, that it ends up in a landfill, and I think that's where a lot of the misinformation comes from.
1: Hyundai Canada is working with a Montreal-based company to to recycle batteries to make sure that it's a closed loop situation. So yeah, there's because we get all these oh like well you know once it runs out it's gonna be a brick and it's like people think that that our streets are just gonna be these wastelands of people abandoned. Keep in mind. You know, EVs are expensive. I mean, cars in general. Could you imagine just thinking, oh, when that thing's of no use, I'm just going to leave it on the side of the road. Like, no, get out of here. It's Yeah, nonsense. that's just silly.
0: And I feel like a lot of these comments come out of, like, a fear, but also just misunderstanding, right? So that's what we're here to kind of cut through. Um, so moving on to the next one, uh, EV cars are extremely hazardous in an accident, um, and then in a similar vein, the fires with EVs are getting so bad, they can't even get them to the dealership without them on fire.
1: That's so outlandish. It
0: is outlandish. And so where this comes from, so a little bit of background, is that like there were some cases of, of EVs um, catching on fire. They didn't happen very often. However, the the headlines around them were extremely sensationalized and the headlines made it seem like it was happening to every EV and that every EV was at risk of exploding or something, which was not true.
1: So we can also kind of debunk the big one that that was recent with the Chevrolet Bolt and the Bolt EUV, right? There were a handful of battery fires that were happening during the charging process or right after charging. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of heat generated in this process. What was realized, they found out that there's a little filament that separates all the cells inside the battery. Some of those filaments were folded. So it's just basically like, you know, this little kind of plastic that, that keeps them from, I don't know, arcing, whatever. But that plastic was folded during the manual manufacturing process. And so it was allowing a contact that shouldn't have happened, Mm -hmm. but this was in those handful of vehicles. Now, GM recalled all Chevrolet bolts and bolt EVs had a stop sale notice, went and investigated and made sure they were all safe and good to go. I can't imagine, you know, you could say the same thing. Remember the GM ignition switch? Situation. Yeah, and so
0: GM just took extreme caution with this just to make sure it wouldn't happen to anyone else. But imagine
1: like if people were this crazy about GMs as they the, the, yeah. as they are about EVs, then GM would have gone out of business because people would have stopped buying them or told all their friends yeah. and neighbors not to buy. It's like, guys, these these are recall notices are put out there for your safety. They're not always in reaction to something that's happened. It's preventative measures too.
0: Exactly. So
1: this whole thing about these EV battery fires, yes, it is possible. Yes, when EV batteries catch fire, they are harder to extinguish because it's a chemical fire, but... That doesn't mean that every EV is a driving ticking time bomb. And
0: statistically it happens on a way smaller scale than fires with combustion vehicles, right? Like I think people, when they make these comments about EVs are going to catch on fire, they forget that gas powered cars are literally, there's little explosions happening in your engine and you're driving around with combustible fluid. Um, and so. You know, when you see those comments, take take it back into perspective. Look at it through the lens of like the entire automotive market. um, And and really, it's EVs are very safe. And even going back to that uh, comment where they're extremely hazardous in an accident, EV automakers go through crazy quality control and testing to make sure that these EVs are safe in the event of an accident. Um, So, for example, the Polestar 2 is a fully electric car. Um, When when it detects that there is a collision, it will cut the battery and power supply right away to prevent those fires from even happening in the first place. And so, you know, automakers think about this stuff. They're not just going to let these EVs out into the wild without, you know, making sure they're safe. Right. So, you know, just put that in perspective.
1: (laughs) It's true. Uh, And the other thing to consider is that, you know, first responders are trained to handle EVs and there's a reason why if you look you know under the hood or, or whatever of an EV and you see the way that the that the power is labeled like with the orange hybrids are the same way it's so that firefighters know what they can and can't touch where they should and should not disconnect. so yes it's new but it's not like people like Jody said haven't thought of this you know the experts are very on top of this stuff and to to sit there and speculate about the the fire risk is just silly
0: it's just silly yeah uh the next one that kind of made me laugh was banning gas cars will cause mass unemployment and poverty (laughs) and that to me just was so outlandish because like in canada specifically there has been billions of dollars invested into making new battery factories, making new EV factories. Uh, Canada has seen at least 10 major electric vehicle-related commitments, totaling more than $16 billion in the last two years. And that's from the Associated Press.
1: Yeah, that's and that's like coming. That's that's not yeah. that this money has been invested or these, these projects are off the ground. But you've got uh, Ingersoll GM's plant in Ingersoll, Ontario, Uh, 50,000 EVs a year by 2025, they're expecting to produce. Ford is investing $1.3 billion to convert its plant in Oakville, Ontario to build EVs. VW just announced that massive EV battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario. And last year, Stellantis, uh, which builds Chrysler, Ram trucks, Jeep, all those brands, uh, is working with LG Energy Solutions on another battery plant in Windsor. The idea, it's, we see this a lot too, right, with this weird, like, these conspiracies about, you know, the government and the auto industry trying to sabotage the economy like this.
0: Who does that benefit?
1: Like, it's, remember that one, we it's not on this list, but somebody said like, oh yeah, you know, the government's all part of the plan. They're going to wait until we're all driving, driving EVs and then they're going to shut the grid off. Yeah. And it's like, in what world would any government even some like nut job authoritarian government needs its citizens to go to work.
0: Yeah, you need electricity for the whole economy to operate. So it just doesn't make sense that they would cut it all of a sudden when once we're all reliant on it, right? Um, and so anyway, with all of these billions of dollars being invested in the Canadian um, industry, those are going to create jobs. Yeah. You know? create They're, Or
1: keep jobs.
0: Or keep jobs. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so, and, and each plant, you know, there's one here where they're promising to create 2,500 jobs, and they went further to say that they will be well-paying jobs.
1: Yeah, and Oakville, the the Ford plant in Oakville is a great example. That's an old plant. Um, it was in desperate need of retooling. It wasn't necessarily in Ford's plans, and there was a risk. There was a lot of talk uh, just a couple years ago that the plant was going to close down. They were negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement it wasn't looking good so the fact that that plant is staying open means keeping jobs and likely adding jobs you're also going to see like these battery plants that are being built by by volkswagen and lg energy solutions those are proof that a the localization that i talked about in the last episode um localizing supply chains suppliers like to build plants close to where vehicles are built right it it shortens the delivery time the lead times are are way shorter so that is what you're seeing when batteries are manufactured close to the plants that the vehicles are made it just makes everybody happier you see these little ecosystems pop up
0: yeah exactly and that that helps you know your local community it helps yeah. it it helps our economy um you know it makes stuff like the last episode we talked about like semiconductor shortages like it makes stuff the impact of those less you know big on on you guys because less big smaller Uh, yeah anyway (laughs) i'm a mess today the next comment we have is one that i hear a lot on our youtube channel um and it's that the gasoline tax pays towards maintenance of our roads and highways currently electric vehicles ride our roads for free where will the road tax come from once evs fill our roadways um do you have anything to say about that? So we, we hear this a lot that like, oh, EVs are f- are, are costing our government money. Where's the tax going to come from? And that's interesting because EVs are here, but they're in no way mainstream enough to even make an impact yeah, on that.
1: You're, you're just <laughs> not going to notice. And regardless, do you not think – now, keep in mind, right – these are the same people saying that the government is trying to shut down the economy. Yeah. So again, you just got to take it all with an eye roll. Yeah. Um, And
0: so these people complain that they have to pay taxes and then they're also complaining when they won't have to pay taxes. It's
1: crazy. It's just crazy. So it just
0: doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Um, But the other, the other comment we hear a lot about has uh you kind of addressed it in the first one, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, Jokes on EV buyers. They will soon charge you for a kilometer usage. Replace batteries every 10 years? I'm sure the batteries lose charging power every year, just like our iPhones. Replacement batteries cost $20,000. Freedom is nice, but I won't be bullied into buying an electric car.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> it's just insane. So we talked about it in, in uh, earlier, like the idea that, car batteries aren't the same like ev batteries aren't the same as your iphone yes they're expensive to replace but there are studies proving that the lifespans of these batteries it's actually longer than the experts and engineers predicted right so they were thinking like eight to ten years which is why you see these eight to ten year warranties on these evs they're like oh yeah that's kind of like a safe bet minimum now they're saying 20 25 years
0: and that's realistically much with, longer than you'll own any vehicle
1: with very minimal battery degradation uh even like Toyota and Subaru with the bz4x solterra and Lexus rz we're talking about guaranteeing their their modeling is is enough for them to guarantee that you will you'll see like barely any battery degradation after after 10 years like they're they're guaranteeing like you know, over over 80% yeah. battery life after. after.
0: Yeah, so these comments are really just making stuff up. So yeah. when you see stuff like that, um, again, take it with a grain of salt, which is going to be our advice throughout this whole episode. Um, but yeah, you you will never own a vehicle for that long. And even if you do, the degradation you see will not be as bad as you see in the comments.
1: And then, like we said, like, it's just... The idea that to Jody's point, like, yeah, how many of you out there, the person who typed that comment isn't keeping their cars for, for 20 years. So the fact that it's not going to affect them. And then when you consider, you know, the closed loop approach, the fact that the batteries are being recycled, it's like kind of a win. Now we're not here to say that EVs are the be all end all. Um, Jody and I are both big fans of hydrogen power and we've talked before about how we wish it was a bigger thing we wish that it was you know more widespread currently there's like five hydrogen public hydrogen filling stations in canada four of them are in bc one of them is in quebec it just means that it's not as of right now and i personally don't think it will ever be uh a a reliable or or like a a volume thing um we've put all our eggs in the ev basket and that's the way it's going to go so it's not like jody and i are here to say oh evs are the greatest and like get on board or get out but the point is that it is coming the industry and governments have decided and all of these crazy comments are nothing but ridiculous
0: yeah um and just to add on that here's the next one If the car costs 130K, then it will pay for itself in about 60 years. What a joke. And so that that's a really funny comment, because if you apply that logic to to any other vehicle, nobody is spending that much money on a vehicle to see it pay itself off. And so we can't hold EVs to that standard because that's just the double double standard.
1: They're depreciating assets.
0: Every single vehicle is a depreciating don't asset. Don't even unless listen. Unless it's like a collectible or something. Yeah, but don't even, that. even
1: listen to the to the Tesla owners that were convinced that, oh, my car is going to become a robo-taxi and it's going to make me money and it's going to go up in value. That's a lie too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like this, who if you're buying a car and thinking, oh, it's paying for itself in, in 60 years, how about a pickup truck? Right. And before anybody out there tells me, oh, but you know, we're using trucks for work. Now, the vast majority of buyers in Canada are not using their trucks for work. And you're looking at these six figure pickup trucks. Are you telling me that the same doesn't apply?
0: Yeah. You want your truck to pay itself off? I like, don't think that's going to happen.
1: So th- th- it's just one more ridiculous tactic. It's just excuses, right? But they're crazy.
0: Yeah, and I think where this comes from is is like yes, EVs do cost more than their gas-powered counterparts. That's a fact right now. Um but this this comment is such a like gross exaggeration on that um, and the savings when you get an EV is the is the uh, cost to operate it is much lower. So while the outright you know, cost of buying, it might be a little bit higher. The money you're saving, you know, month to month on not needing to go to the gas station. Electricity is much, much cheaper to drive uh, a vehicle than gases. Um, and then also you don't have a lot of maintenance to do. So you're, you are getting savings, um, but you can't look at it that it will pay itself off because no vehicle will pay itself yeah. off. It just it doesn't make sense to think of cars like that. <laughs>
1: oh, and also, um one will kind of skip around a bit. There was there was one comment that we had about this person saying, "Oh, good luck. Good luck getting home insurance when you when you have an EV and install a, an EV charger." Okay. The thing I'm going to say is now, of course, every insurance company is different, but you have to keep in mind insurance companies are not in the business for anything but themselves. They are very risk-averse, right? That is just a lie. I spoke to a friend who works for an insurance company, and she told me she works in the policy department, and she told me, no, that's simply not true. Now, of course, she can't speak for every insurance company, but she's like, I'm pretty sure that's nobody's saying that. Um, It's the same thing with... Any appliance or whatever, if you're installing a level two charger, like I wouldn't recommend doing it yourself.
0: No, always get a professional to do it.
1: But that's like saying like, oh, you know, you're, you put that new dryer in and the insurance company's not going to insure you anymore. It's just not true. And even in, what was it called? Like insurance business magazine. It's a trade publication. They had a whole thing about how you don't even have to, it's not like considered a risk. You don't even have to inform your insurance company. Now, you should in terms of the value of your home, because again, they're not doing anything for free. They're not doing anything out of the goodness of their hearts. Insurance companies are not great for for being altruistic. So you should tell them because that is going to affect the value of your home, which could affect how much you're paying for your, for your home insurance, but this idea that, oh, they're not going to insure you. You don't even have to tell them about it right now. There's no, there's no rule or regulation in place that says you have to tell them. So this idea that you're not going to get insured is once again, just not true.
0: Thank you for debunking that. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more and it's, it's kind of a silly one. So I wanted to end on this. This comment said the worst part about driving an in, in, in EV is having your buddies seeing you drive an EV. To which I say, who cares? I think these people put way too much stock in what other people think of them, um, and also like, I, maybe that might have been true like years ago when EVs were like really dorky. But even then, like, who cares?
1: Yeah, I just think, and it's also like there are some cool EVs, there are some ugly ones, there are some cool gas-powered cars, and there are some ugly ones. But that's the same with regular cars too. (laughs) Yeah, like it's just not, it's ridiculous. And it's like, if you are, if you're like, come on, the person who wrote that is probably like was sitting behind his keyboard in an Affliction t-shirt. So I don't want to hear anything about his opinion on style. That's outrageous to me.
0: Yeah. um, So anyway, thank you for all of those terrible comments. Um, Yeah. And we're going to take a brief break now for a message from our overlords. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging, so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Welcome back, everyone. Today's Ask an Expert question comes to us from Mike from Winnipeg. This is a long one, so strap in. All right. Hello, experts. Congrats on almost a year of the show. Oh, thanks, Mike. Thank you so much. I can't believe it's already been a year. Uh, The information that you've shared has been invaluable to learn from, especially for an automobile inept person like myself. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So thank you so much, Mike.
1: Just out here trying to make car stuff simple for Canadians like Mike.
0: My wife and I are looking for a previously owned EV to use as a commuter vehicle. It would complement our five-year-old Pacifica, which would still serve as a primary transport for our toddlers. Uh, The EV would hopefully allow us to get to and from our shift work jobs, varying schedule and errands. Range isn't a big issue. We would likely drive under 30 kilometers a day and have the ability to charge at home in a garage. But we would also need something that can contend with winters in Winnipeg. Can't be too easy, right? so predominantly something with enough ground clearance that can comfortably get through a large volume of snow rather than bottoming out by being too close to the ground. We're hoping to keep it in the 14 to 18 K range so we can pay once and own it. That likely means something used from 2014 to 2019. All that said, we're hoping to get a sense of any recommendations to keep our eyes open for as Winnipeg's pre-owned EV landscape is as sparse as the prairies has trees. (laughs) Um, so it's a bit of an essay. No worries if this is too much, but thanks for the time and thank you for keeping your show going.
1: Well, thank you, Mike, and it's never too much and we're always happy to help where we can. Um, it is a little tough, especially with pricing and not just because it's, you know, market specific. Um, it's just, you know, if you listen to the last episode, we talked about prices being up. So that fourteen dollars to $18,000 range, it's not unrealistic. It just, it really is going to depend on Kind of month to month, it could depend on when you're shopping and what the market looks like. What I would say is I would wait until, you know, kind of the the summer months. You might see things get at least a little easier. Right. Right. the ground clearance thing is is a big problem.
0: It's a bit tricky. So if we go back to around that time, EVs were still very, very new. Even Mm. like three, four years ago, EVs were very, very new. And that means there just wasn't a lot of uh, options out there, especially ones that are SUVs with all-wheel drive and higher ground clearance. Um, So just like scanning through the auto-trader marketplace, there were a few options in your price range. Um, And there's a couple of them here. Although I'm not super confident that all of these will be great in the winter, but here, here's what I found. Ford C-Max, Ford Focus EV, Nissan Leaf, Chevrolet Volt, Chevrolet Spark EV, and a Smart for two EV. So those are all oh. subcompact EVs yeah. and those were honestly pretty much the only ones available in your price range that came from that time period.
1: Yeah, I, so my thing is I was going to say like not even looking at that list um, the leaf would be high on my list, just in terms of dependability, you know, what you're getting. No, it doesn't have a ton of ground clearance, but also don't forget you need winter tires. And Mike, I know you're a smart guy. You've been living in Winnipeg a long time. So you know that winter tires are where it's at. Yeah. Um,
0: the Kia Soul EV was also a really great one that I love. That so is in I that was going to
1: suggest the Nero EV, which came out in 2019, I think, um, and it again, it doesn't have a ton of. I think it's right around seven, seven and a half inches of ground clearance. So not terrible. No, it's not like proper, you know, SUV clearance. But I think you should do okay. That's about what you get with your Pacifica. So um, if you can kind of stretch your budget a little bit, the Nero would be pretty high on my personal list. Uh, if you want to kind of stick in that price range that nissan leaf is still probably my that would still be on my list regardless of the nero i
0: think for me of of that list the the leaf would be on my but just because it's like it's got proven reliability people who who owns them absolutely love them um and even you know with a lot of kilometers on the clock they're still taken away so i think that would be my top pick from that list Um, But good luck, Mike, with your search and thank you so much for writing in to us. Um, If any of you have questions for Dan or I, you can email expert at Trader.ca. And that wraps up this episode. So until next time, drive safe and we'll catch you next time.